When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select 10,000 layups. 10,000. Ten thousand layups. Hello, good friends, and welcome to our, I guess, our first off-season edition of twenty twenty-two. Ten thousand layups podcast. I'm Kyle Radke here with Julian Andrews. Julian, um, how are you, man? Relaxed. Relaxed, right? Now we we were talking about this before we started recording, but as much as I wanted the Wolves to win, as much as kind of it, it sucked having them lose. This was a stressful series. This was not a fun experience. <laughs> it really was. Like I. I, I told my wife like during game six at the end of the game, like on Saturday night, I was just like, or Friday night. I, I was like, I, I, I wasn't to say I was happy that we lost. is not true. Cause I right. wanted the Wolves no, to win. Of course not. But yeah. there was like this sense of relief. Cause it was such an exhausting series to even totally. watch yeah. because like, I think there's so many like what ifs and so many things that like went wrong that did. And so many yeah. like, Oh my God, we should have won that series that like, at some point you're just like, fuck yeah, just end it. Like and because yeah. of the blown leads specifically, it was like hard to enjoy any games. Yeah. Except for game one, like game one yeah. was awesome. Game one was really fun. And then, you know, game five was not, you know, wait, which was the last one they won? They won game four. They no, won. Remember they won game four. They get, they won game yeah, one, they won game, game four, four. Right, right, right. lost game three. They, yep. they got blown out in game three. In, in game two, Blue lost game, game three, three after uh, leading big, and then they lost yep. game. Blue yeah. game, yeah. Game five and six. Five and six. So, but it's like, yeah. So it's it's like game four wasn't even that fun because I was so worried that they were just gonna, gonna collapse, lose. and yeah. then they did collapse twice. It was so. honestly, we'll we'll get into this in a little bit here, but like it was weird. Um, it was really weird being at the game on on game three. And then trying to like enjoy game four because you're like, yeah. wait, I, I was there for when they totally like lost it. And, now and it's I'm just like, like, yeah, all these conversations that are happening like around towns, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like not, I guess like the types of conversations we're having right now, I guess maybe we're having a fine conversation about cap, but the types of conversations we're having right now are like not the kinds of conversations you want to be having after like a largely successful series and a pretty hard fought first round loss like if you just take the record and the outcome like successful season you know yeah but there's so much 
just consternation right now among Wolves fans. And I get it. That's the hardest thing, honestly, without, so like, so let's get in. Well, this podcast is going to be dedicated to what we learned from the series. Yeah. Uh, Wolves lose three to two. Um, I guess one, like the main thing I, I, I want to ride home is like a series can both be stressful and negative in the sense of like, both things can be true that the Timberwolves season was a disappointment, but it was also an overachievement. Yeah. Um, like it was a disappointment, but it was also a wild success. Like those things are both true. Mm -hmm. And so it's like when people say like, well, you know, we lost three to two. You can't be that mad though, because we didn't even think we'd be here. It's like, well, that's not true because we should have won the series. So like, I'm still mad about, I don't know. I I just mean, it's like we were talking about when they started overachieving and it was like, all right, well now if they don't make the playoffs, it's a disappointment. Like it's the same kind of conversation having all year, like the goalposts move. Sorry. You know, yeah, like they do. Yeah. And it's good. That's good that they move. Like you've proven right. it. Like you're a better team than we mm-hmm. thought you were going to be. So like you don't get to go back to square one because now you're right. at square six and exactly. be like, well, but I wasn't even supposed to be this far yet. It's like, I don't care. Um, yeah. but all in all positivity, um, before we get into our stuff, cause I don't know if we'll find a good break for it. Um, mm-hmm. We want to thank our good friends over at DraftKings. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, All right, Julian, let's go through kind of what we learned. Um, I guess this is going to be like a combination of what we learned and then kind of like a little mini off-season preview, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. So we'll probably get into some of that stuff. Um, and I know you wrote down some of yours in the show notes and yep. maybe we can like combine some. Yeah. Um, let's, why don't we start with one of yours and then we can kind of just some minor related. So yeah. cool. Cool. I, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. My takeaway right away is, uh, we talked about this going into the playoffs and then, of course, they had a huge game against the Clippers, and we're like, well, maybe D'Angelo Russell, like, there's a place for him. Mm-hmm. Pretty apparent that after the series that something has to happen, and whether that means he gets traded, um, he has one year left and $31 million on his deal, and, like, I don't know who's taking that contract, and if you have to attach a first-round pick to it, is it worth it? I don't know. Um, the, I know there's a lot of talk on Twitter today after the Warriors won that, like, the like that we look back at that Wiggins um in Kaminga trade for Russell and it looks like a disaster for the wolves. And um, I don't know if that's like completely fair to judge, but it, it's pretty clear that D'Lo has to go or his role has to completely change. Like he has to be like the sixth man or I don't know what it is because yep. like in game six, he is subbed for McLaughlin and like with five minutes left. And uh, well, I want to say like D'Lo came back with eight minutes left after McLaughlin played a beautiful stretch. And then D'Lo played for like three or four minutes and Finch is like, fuck this. Yeah. McLaughlin's back in. And I, I know there were some quotes coming out from, from Russell's camp. And I think like in his exit interview, basically saying that he would have loved to play in that last five minutes and he was disappointed and blah, blah, blah. But you look at the series 
And I mean, he did not play well. I don't actually have the the real stats in front of me. I, I only grabbed the last two games, but like two games, um, like 11 points, seven rebounds, like shot 22% yeah. from the field. Like he was really bad during the whole series. He was an, he, he, he was an absolute non-factor. Um, Patrick Beverly had a quote saying, I feel like he could have ended better. Everyone felt that he felt that we need him a lot. And just one of those series, um, that's like nice. that's that's a pretty telling quote. Like, yeah, he, that's like putting it nicely. <laughs> yeah, but like saying like I feel like he could have ended it better. Yeah, yeah, like right. You, you know, normally you don't say that about your teammates, but it's like, yeah, you suck, dude. Like, I mean, it, it's yeah. I mean, if Towns had played like slightly better over the course of the series, I think that this D-Lo conversation would be kind of blowing up because I think a lot of it's overshadowed by the fact that a lot of people are still kind of upset with towns, which I understand, but all in all, I think towns gutted out some strong performances. I agree. And we'll get and, to him later. Yeah. So we'll get to him, but Dilo's got to go. I a hundred percent agree. I do not think they should attach a first round pick to get rid of him a year early. Um, you know, like yeah. his, his, his contract's up in a year. Just write it out yeah. or like or, wave yeah. him or whatever, you know, like don't, but don't do not pay for your mistakes twice. That's a Kyle, Kyle Rackyism. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't pay for mistakes twice for sure. Like, so, I, yeah, go I, I, I want to go through his stats quick. Six games. I had the wrong stats up. Six games is for a player making 30 million a year, 12 points, 6.7 assists, 2.5 rebounds shot 33% from the field, 38% from the three point line. It's kind of a misleading stat, but yeah. um, really bad. Sorry. What were you going to say? No, really bad. You're completely right. This just gets into one of my things that we learned, which is that I don't think the Wolves need their point guard to be a scorer. Because, like, and of course it would be better if that scorer, like if they had a scoring point guard that scored. Like, part of this is that Milo didn't score. But J-Mac didn't score either. You know, it's not like J-Mac was in there dropping... 30, 25, even 20 points a game, you know? So I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway from the point guard position is you need a guy who's more like J-Mac and less like D-Lo to be your starting point guard. I don't think J-Mac can be your starting point guard. I'm like not ready to go there. Like he looked good, but he is like a perfect backup point guard. Um, I don't know who the Wolves can get. I don't know how they make I don't know how they make that transition, but if, if I think about the wolves team and like what they were really missing in that series, like a three and D guy, like, you know, more of a game manager, less of a score. Like my ideal point guard for the wolves right now would be somebody like drew holiday, you know, like not like a, a, a create your own shot score because Edwards is becoming that guy. Who yeah. You can go to when you need a bucket. And so what they need is somebody who can really run the offense. And you saw that in Dilo's best games this year, that's what he did. And if he can't be relied upon to do that at a high level in big games, which I think after this playoff series, it's pretty clear that he can't be because every time he gets the ball, he's trying to create his own shot because that's who Dilo is. Um, I don't know. I just think they need to reevaluate how they're thinking about the position. And I think that kind of necessarily excludes Dilo. I, yeah, I, and like part of the Delo stuff is like, we've heard some rumblings before yeah. the, like before this, the, the actual playoff started that, that, and I think we might even talked about it on here, but like just that 
there were some rumblings in, internally that not many people were very happy with D'Lo. Yeah. And it's it's always hard because it always depends on who you hear that from where you're like, eh, we'll see. You know, like I've been around the team before and like sure. there's certain things you observe that you're like, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. Um, and then you saw it in the playoffs. And like there was times where like, I think there was a time where, where Towns like screamed at D'Lo because he didn't pass him the ball mm-hmm. quick enough. And like Towns does that fucking like thing where he stares at his hands and screams. And it's so annoying, <laughs> but like, clearly it's like this guy that is like his best friend. He yeah. isn't really like in tune with, and it doesn't seem like there's that friendship anymore. And, and it feels like there's less and less people in the D'Lo camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder, like, you know, I'm just, I like whipped up the trade machine real quick and did like a quick Malcolm Brogdon and Goga. Oh for D'Angelo Russell. So it's like, if you're the Pacers, you get one year of Russell and get him off your books. And if you're the Wolves, you get Brogdon for, for three more years and yeah. uh, an expiring go And like, if you have to throw in the first round pick for that, I'm like, Oh, okay. Sure. Like I would way rather have Brogdon than D'Lo. I would rather have, you, you know, yeah, totally. That's perfect. That's like a really good fit of a guy. I'm trying to think of more, but it's just like kind of these solid, dudes like that's what you need like you have another star now so yeah, yeah and like I'm, and then totally it's there 100 like you don't need you 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 don't need that like who's your big three guy you need a guy that's like who, who doesn't need to be part of the big three and you need i guess somebody who will be consistently your third best player yeah but but, but he doesn't have to be part of the big three you can yeah, have a exactly big two. <laughs> yeah because it always yeah. felt like with d-lo it's like i'm i'm the number two guy because i'm um I'm billed it as that. And, but and then never... he ended up being like the number six guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of numbers, like no numbers of guys, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go to on a limb here and just be like, it was pretty clear. And I think nationally people probably agree that towns isn't your number one, at least as far as leadership, um, talent wise. Yes. But I, I think he exposed himself in a big way in this series. Um, his numbers were fine. Um, he averaged 22 points, 11 rebounds in the series. He had two really bad games and in, in, in a bunch of okay games. Um, I think game four, he had a really strong game. Um, per basketball reference, which is not a perfect equation, they have their game score metrics, which which um, you know kind of takes out defensive stats, which I don't know if they'd help Towns anyways. He had a few good defensive games, um, but goes off kind of like your array of stats plus your efficiency. He had a 16.0 game score um, average throughout the series. That made him the fifth best player in the series behind John Morant, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, and Anthony Edwards. Um, we all bang this drum forever. I will never dispute Carl Anthony Towns' talent. I think right, he is. No, like when yeah. people say he's a better shooter than Dirk, sign me up. I've watched better, Towns yeah. shoot. Like, is he like, can he, is he capable of anything on the basketball court? Yes, I've watched that. But his lack of composure, his lack of awareness, his lack of decision making, he's a he's a huge liability. Like every game you can point to a town's moment where you're like, what is going on? Like Mm -hmm. he dribbles off his foot or he shoots that shot that he did in game six, where it's like he shoots this like 35 foot three with plenty of time on the shot clock where like it's just like, wait, what, like what's going on there? And and the way he acts and he throws these temper tantrums and I get it. Like if we, you don't, you don't, you don't have towns, you're not in the playoffs, but you also can't play that game because if you're a big time star and you want to be in considered an all NBA guy, like when you get shit too, like 
that's that's what comes with it. Like if you don't perform well, like people are going to rag on yep. you. Um, I don't know, and, but but this is a totally different argument than the Russell one because Towns oh, yeah. is a factor. Like Towns is a top fifteen player. I'm not saying like get rid of Towns. I'm saying like as far as leadership, this is why you bring in Beverly. This is why Anthony Edwards, you know, his character is so important. But you didn't need you. I guess heading into next year, it's like you need to do kind of a better job of like hiding that or masking that. So it's not so apparent and like kills you in these games. Yep. Totally. I mean, I think where you were going, yeah. Towns is not your number one guy anymore. Right. I mean, no, I mean, we were, we've been talking in kind of the abstract of, okay, like when, when do the wolves kind of pivot towards building around ant from building around towns? Like when does, when does, maximize towns at all costs turn into maximize ant at all costs, you know? And yeah. I think that is now. Um, and that doesn't mean trade towns, you know, like you have to, like, it just means as an organization, if you reach a crossroads where you have to choose between one or the other, I think if we hit that day tomorrow, we, they, you would choose ant in a heartbeat. Yeah. And Yes, Towns is a better player right now in in many ways, many, many ways. At the same time, I think thinking long term and arguably even short term, Ant is more important to this team. Yeah. Um, we've seen Towns as the best player on a team for many years, and the Wolves have not been good. <laughs> and I don't know if Ant was your best player right now, if you'd be good next year either but at least there's like that potential and you've seen that he can show up in these games. You've seen his ability to create his own shot. You've seen his improvement on both sides of the ball. You have these moments with him where he's still like, he's young, you know, he's he, but he actually is young. You know, it's not like this thing with towns where we're like, Oh, it's his inexperience. And he's like 27, you know? So it's like, I don't know. That was like another, my, this is just like not a hot take at all, but you know, this is my, this is my other big takeaway here is that like your priority is maximizing Ant's career at this point at the cost of anything else. And if that means you have to move any other play on the roster, you do it. Yeah. And I don't think either of us are saying like, move. And you towns. don't have to, you don't have to, to be clear, you do not have to trade towns. I am not advocating yeah. for trading towns. I, think and I don't think we're, towns. I don't think we're saying that exactly. <laughs> no, I think it's just like making it more about Edwards than it is about towns because like it also needs to get to a point where I don't even know really how to say this, but it needs to get to the point where cat doesn't feel like he needs to say and do stupid shit to pretend he's the leader. That's if that makes the big sense. Thing, yes. Cat because has to recognize that it's ant now. Yeah. And like, it, it's almost like the, I've, I've said this before, but it's like, he's a, he's a much more talented version. I, th- I think of like Chris Bosch ish. And maybe people will kill me that we're more like in Chris Bosch prime, but like, I don't think that's far off, but mm. Bosch was able to like take that back seat when yeah. he had other guys come in where like towns, he's still like, and I get it. Like Ed- Edwards is a second year player, um, blah, blah, blah. But like towns, even J- Jace Frederick tweeted something, I think it was today or yesterday, but it was like town said that, you know, in, in his post season interview, he, he texted the weight trainer to see what time lifting was at because he forgot the season was over. And then like, it's like, dude, you just lost game six of a playoff series. Like, are you making shit up? Yeah. Right. And then he said, and then he's like, because now next season starts now. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
Like, are you saying that you forgot the season was over or like you're, you're trying to make no, this like, yeah, he's trying to like make this and, hyperbole about how he's like, and that's where it's gym. like, I'm, I, I think so many guys roll their eyes at that stuff where it's like, if, if, so if, if, if we can hear less of that or less of it is like relevant to the team and towns can still put up like 25 and 10, I'm all for it because maybe people don't think this, but I think it takes away from the team in a huge way. When, totally. when you have somebody like make believing he's the leader, but everybody else is looking at Beverly and they're looking at Edwards about yeah. with, with their leadership. And even like the game, you know, the, 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 the playing game, like looking at Russell being like, okay, this is our guy, I guess. So, um, Russell, I, I totally agree has, with the Edwards thing. Russell is, I think, I mean, at the there are for certainly for chunks of the season, Russell, despite all of his flaws, I think was more respected in some ways yeah. than Towns was. And it's it's tough because all of this stuff, like the stuff that we're saying is like stuff that everybody's saying, and it's contributing to this giant chip on Towns' shoulder. And he's just not a guy who plays well under pressure. No. So when he has this chip on his shoulder and when he's like trying to be this dude, it just like hurts him. And it just is, it's, it's this vicious cycle and I, I just, I don't know how he gets out of it. Like, I, I, he's going to have to do some serious self-reflection, but I don't, I don't know that he's going to do that. Like, I don't know. I really hope things work out for him, but it's just really rough seeing him like put himself through this. Cause this is like self, this is self-created. He doesn't it, need to be, he doesn't need to do this. Yeah. It reminds me, um, this much lesser extent, but, uh, th- like, there, there, there's times and you might you might have dealt with this too uh where like at the end of any big game or something um like like in sports growing up and you got the ball and it was like pretty clear that you were like oh nope n- not me mm-hmm. like right or you i don't know i just remember like playing even like fucking like intramurals in like college yeah yeah where it's yeah. like oh i'm on the line with four seconds left and i just hit the backboard as hard as i could and i'm a pretty good free throw shooter wow okay I would not do good in clutch moments ever in my life. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's towns and it's a, there's something, there's an admiral approach to like trying and trying again, but it's like, you said it like we're seven years in and like towns trying to be the leader, like isn't happening. And it's so weird though. Cause he pivots. Like sometimes it's like, he doesn't want the ball in the clutch time. And then sometimes it's like, he's shooting it no matter what he just, I don't know. He just cracks under pressure and he just, in every possible way, like on the court as a leader, like, yeah. Well, let's, I, I mean, know. let's go back to your point though. Cause I want, I don't want to like shit on towns because again, like top 15 guy, we all agree. But that's why it's frustrating. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And I, I think that's where like some Timberwolves fans miss. And I think we have a very smart fan base, but it's like, they miss because it's like, well, they want to, you know, he went to, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. It's like, you have to watch the little things. Like, watch his body language if you don't think that matters to a team like okay like sure um i've been around the team for i was around the team for seven or eight years and like the, how the it players matters. act or, or you know around each other and like the eye rolls and the you know the the weird like body language on the court that stuff matters look at the impact that like in the other side of the building that somebody like sylvia Fowles has on the links yeah like you know calm or like, or somebody like Simone Augustus, like these, these Maya, right? Maya, yeah. like these players who just are unfazed and keep a good attitude and like just play within themselves all the time. Like 
all you have to do <laughs> if you're wondering how this type of thing impacts is to go look at the links yeah. because it's night and day. And like working for the team, you're covering the wolves. And then like a week later, you're working for the links, you know, like when that switches and the cultural shift in the time I was there, at least it's remarkable. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are other NBA teams as well where that's applicable, but that's like what stands out to me because of that. You go from being immersed in one thing to immersed in another. And it's, no, and, I don't, and I don't think that, and I think that the wolves like team culture this year by all accounts was really good, but I just, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I do think it is good too, but like, it, it also gets to the point where it's like, how, how far can you go with like that? You know? Um, but let's talk about Ant. Um, yeah. I don't have it in my notes, but like you touched on that. Like I, you know, Edwards, again, he was, he's 20 years old. Like some of the, like his game, his series was up and down, but we just said, right. He's the fourth best player in the series. Yeah. Um, I think like, he might've been better than the fourth. Yeah. I think he yeah, was probably the second best. I think that's, that's totally fair. Um, and there's an argument that Desmond Bain was the best, was probably the best. And then, I know. Ant and then Ja. I agree. And I think Ja gets credit for like, you know, if you fill up the statute, yeah, totally. but, um, but like Edwards, I mean, like, yep. Take some weird shots sometimes. Sure. Certainly. Um, but like talk about a guy who wants to will his team to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I get it. Like jaw takes that shot, um, at the end of game five. Um, yeah. And wins the game because Ant tries to go for the steal, but like Ant went for the steal. Like, I don't know. Like yeah, part of me tough. is also like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, like that's awesome. You get that steal. That's game. So, yeah. And Ant was, you know, it was a, it was a mistake. He should like, I, I don't think he should have done that, but at the yes, same time, I like, agree. these are things like the mistakes that Ant makes are things you clean up. You know, you go and you look at that and you say, next time, don't do this. You know, you, you look at some of his three point shots and you say, Hey, like, look, you have, you can get to the rim, you know, you're huge. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so it just, there's the things that aren't working right. That didn't work with Ant are just so fixable. And when you look at what is working, like those are things you cannot teach, like his ability to get to the rim, his finishing, um, which honestly could even improve, but like, yeah, his sure, three point shooting, like when he's hitting a step back, like how do you guard him? You know, it's, it's like, I don't know. The potential is pretty remarkable and he played pretty good defense on jaw throughout that series too. Honestly, like when he was matched up on him, like there were some moments where you were just like, wow, okay, like you really just like shut Jaw down. Um, and I know the Wolves like as a team did some stuff on him too, but I don't know. The flashes that you see with Ant are pretty, they make you pretty happy. I totally agree. I like. The, I don't know the, that there are that many other young players in the league who I would choose over. It, it, it reminds me a lot of, um, I like watching a lot of the Celtics games and today wasn't we're recording this on a Sunday. Today wasn't a great example. The Celtics lost the bucks, but like it reminds me a lot of the Jason Tatum uh-huh. rise where you thought he could be like a top 20 guy, a top 30 guy. Mm-hmm. And then like the more and more you watch, you're like, eh, if he puts this all together, like he can definitely be like, yeah, a, like a top, top seven guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, top and then you seven, watch yeah. more Tatum and you're like, maybe he's a top three guy. Like, yeah. like he's <laughs> yeah, better right. than Kevin Durant. Like, I don't know where yeah. that's what gets me excited for, for Edwards. It's like not a great three point shooter yet. Like not a great finisher yet. Not a great shooter yet. Um, not a great defender yet, but like mm-hmm. pretty good at all of these things where he's definitely a top 30 player already. And then, yeah. then you start to go down the list and you're like, wait, if he can do a little, this a little bit better and this a little bit better, 
Yeah. And, and like the biggest thing is like, he's got it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of NBA players have the quote unquote it, like the, yeah, like, like the attitude. Um, I think of like somebody like, right. Like Jay Crowder, right? Like Jay Crowder has like, I'm the best player and I want to yeah. be the best player attitude. He's just not the best player. He's consistently the ninth best player on the yeah. floor. Yeah. But <laughs> Anthony Edwards like is the best player like in Kendi. Yeah. So like totally. to have those two things, I think is huge. It's awesome. It's yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, remember um, when we were like, well, people were making like D Wade comparisons to him coming like out of college, just a little bit. And everyone's like, that's crazy. Like that's now, insane. And now you're like, well, he could probably be better than D Wade. And now, yeah. And that's a crazy yeah. thing to say, but it's like, uh, like can he be a better shooter than wade yes yeah. like wade's probably always gonna be a better finisher and like maybe a better creator but like sure. i don't know like who, I, you know like yeah, body right. wise it's, it's like edwards has a better body yeah. like I don't, yeah yeah um all right let's let's keep this train rolling um i you know my initial headline for this one was the wolves need another big and uh-huh. this can be we can talk about this in a few different ways like so jade mcdaniels huge game six like played great and I think, and there's like reports that Pat Beverly is going to take um, Jaden McDaniels to go work out with Kawhi because like, of course he is. And like, we'll, we'll see. Um, but it, like watching the Grizzlies and watching like Brandon Clark and that's so awesome. I hadn't seen those reports. That's so funny. Right. And which I'm jacked that. for it. I'm jacked for it, but it seems like the best Patrick Beverly quote ever. Like I'm going to go take him out to work out with Kawhi. Um, that's so good. Xavier Tillman, like even Xavier, they like Xavier Tillman didn't have great stats, but like yeah. was an effective player for the, the Grizzlies. Um, Nas Reed had a pretty bad series. Um, Vando kind of got schemed out a little he, bit. He did. He definitely did. But I think he's different. Like, I think he's still like definitely a really solid piece. So. And you look at Vando against like, depending on what your matchup is, it's, it's so hard, hard with one series because like you have certain players that aren't relevant that would be in the next series. So it's like, you know, is it unfair to just judge these guys off six games? Like similar to like Jaron Jackson Jr., right? Like looked horrible against the Wolves all series, yeah. then had a great game today against the Warriors, today. right? Like I don't um but it does feel like the Wolves just need like honestly like Turing Prince is so good at the three four, but it feels like we just need one more guy between the four or five and not even yeah. a guy that plays 20 minutes a night, just like no, yep. a guy that can play 12 if you need him to. We need Brandon Clark. I mean yeah should have definitely just like not traded for Culver and kept like Dario and either Cam Johnson or Brandon Clark. That would be ideal. Anyways. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, and this, this does tie into one of my other points, which is basically like you have all of these impactful non-stars that you need to hold on to. You know, you've got J Mac who was great. Um, definitely not a big, you have Jaden who I, I think could actually kind of be like my, I was looking at him. I'm like, maybe he's like kind of your Cam Johnson, like the same yeah. role that he plays on the Suns, but he's like bigger um, yeah. and a better defender, I think, eventually, like more defensive potential. So, I mean, he was, he's awesome. Like, I, I love Jaden. I don't want to get like too high because like over the summer, people were talking about him like he was going to be like KD. Um, but at the same time, like, I was obviously really impressed and I'm like totally on board for him. Um, and then Torian Prince, you know, I thought was really important for the wolves. And I just think that holding on to some of these guys, like it's easy to say that these guys are somewhat, not so much Jaden, but it's easier to say that these guys are somewhat replaceable, but just like not everybody can play in the playoffs. And 
those guys all can. And that's really, really, really important. So I really hope that they re-sign Prince. Um, seems like he wants to stay. So I hope that they can figure that out. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You have to start thinking like a contender now, you know, and like keeping guys who you know can help you in the playoffs. Um, it can't just be about using every roster spot on a young guy. And I really want them to keep Prince. I think once J Mac is eligible for an extension, they got to get that done. Um, I know we just signed one, which is like horrible for him and great for the Wolves, but I don't know. I just think you got to hold on to these guys. I totally agree with you. Um, I and get another at, big. And get another big. So, uh, free agents for the Wolves, by the way, in case you're wondering. As yeah, what's the, the cap looking like? Probably not too great. Um, well, free agents, you will have Tareen Prince, who is an unrestricted free agent. Um, for some reason, Spotrack has Serge Ibaka as a free agent for the Timberwolves. He does not play for the Timberwolves, so that is a not right. Uh, Jake Lehman, Josh Kogi is a restricted free agent. Um, Noel and Nas Reeve uh, had um, they, it's a club option, which they'll get picked up. Yeah, Reed is one point five million. Noel is one point one million. They'll get picked up. Greg Monroe, unrestricted free agent. Nathan Knight, restricted free agent. And McKinley Wright, restricted free agent. So, Honestly, they might get re-signed. So I, yeah, I think I think Nathan Knight will get re-signed. I think um, Prince will get re-signed. Um, and the thing is, like, you're going to probably make some money there because I think Prince was Prince made twelve point six million last yep. year. He's not so going to make that. Yeah, yeah, you'll probably get some of that money back. Um, no, I agree with you. Like th- that that was the thing. You, you you need one. Like I think Prince, you hold on to, but it feels like you just need one more. Yeah, well, you don't want him as like your. Be- you don't want him to have to yeah. be your rebounder. You know, like that was the big deal. It's just getting crushed on the offensive boards whenever yeah. we didn't have a big in the game. And when Cat was in foul trouble, like the whole series, you know, like who who's your who's doing that? Um, and Vando does his best, but he's just like a little undersized for this kind of. And thing. that's an, I guess that's another thing. Like if I'm Sasha and Gupta and I'm watching that series, and I'm like, well, if 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 Cat, who's my most talented player is going to consistently get into foul trouble when he's with other physical bigs. I need to have another big like mm. Nas reads a fun story and I get it like summer league success undrafted, yeah. uh, getting paid super cheap, like plays well. Um, and like Jade McDaniels is great, but he's, he's more of like that three, four, um, where, where it's like, we, we need another big. Yeah. And so I, I think I'm totally with you. Like ha- having like one more guy, um, would be, would be great. Yeah, I'm trying to think who that could even be. I don't know. Um, we can, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll have like a, a free agent, um, you know. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody you can go get in the trade. You know, it would be awesome as Valanchunas, but I don't think he's, I think the Pelicans are going to want to keep him unless they really want to do the Zion at center thing. I feel like he's well, a huge dude. I would take Steven Adams, you know, just like some big dude. Yeah, somebody. Find the biggest guy. Like, kind of to do what JaVale McGee did this year for the Suns. You know, That'd like, be great. So, like, Aiton was great. and But then when he went out, JaVale could step in and play 12 minutes. Like, that's what you're totally well, right. That's and and especially if you have Russell and Edwards, like, assuming you keep Russell. It's yeah, like, you yeah. hypothetically have two guys that during the season could he- keep your offense afloat and you just have a big that can do right. like the dirty work. Set the problem is we, we, yeah. we, yeah, we just didn't have anybody when towns was out. It was like, we're fucked. And then when you're towns and you have three fouls, you might as well not even have him play center because he's so afraid of fouling and rightfully so yeah, just... that, that he's 
he either makes an idiotic he's foul yeah. where he gets in more trouble or he's just constantly out of position because he has to be. Yeah. Um, Julian, you got two more. I do. Let's see. Let me get back to the doc. So, uh, yeah, one is you can't practice for mental makeup. Um, maybe you can, but I think we've talked about this a lot, but like the playoff run is a really good barometer on who the wolves can like who on the wolves can focus under pressure and deliver and who can't. Yeah. And I think that's something that's got to factor in going forward because from here on out, the goal is to win playoff series. And if you have guys who you don't think can perform in the playoff for, for whatever reason, you got to knock down their value and like trade them if you have to to teams that aren't in the playoffs and who don't care about that because you have to care about that now. Um, so that's just something to think about. The other thing I think we have to talk a little bit about Finch. I mean, so there were some definite Finch errors in the series and I, I don't put it on him. Like I don't put the loss on him. I think he did a yeah. phenomenal job with the wolves, but I think my biggest takeaway from this series in terms of Finch was that he is like a fantastic scheme coach. You know, like he yeah. made, made adjustments every single game that worked. He drew up like fantastic plays out of timeouts. Like all of that stuff is fantastic. He needs to work on the in game kind of like coaching his guys up, calling timeouts at the right time, managing the clock, not, not managing the clock, you know, like continuing to play, you know, like I just think there are things that you have to do as a head coach that you just like, don't have to do when you're an assistant and Finch is still relatively new to those things. So this is not like a long-term concern. Like I'm still very happy with Finch. Um, but he just needs to practice. And this is like, this was a learning experience for him too, I'm sure. And he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you that. I totally agree with you. It's, um, it was one of those things where like during the regular season, he's very good. He was very good at like, yeah, adjusting and, and doing those things throughout like a season with less stakes, but it, the, and I, I don't even know what the answers would have been sometimes. Like there's, there's times where it's like, yeah, wow, I wish you would have called yeah. <laughs> call the timeout or like you didn't play Jordan McLaughlin in this game and you should have blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I do respect him in game six for just being like, I'm going back to McLaughlin. Totally. Um, and I think, I, I don't know who tweeted. It was somebody basically being like the balls on Finch to bench like his $31 million per year star to put in this, you know, speedy <laughs> point guard. Yeah. Basically and you know what the telling is nobody is saying it was the wrong move. No, nobody. <laughs> um, no, it, like it, it honestly, like it, it reminds me a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm watching uh winning time right now on HBO mm-hmm. and we just finished an episode. No spoilers here, but I guess um, Paul Westhead is the, the, the fill in coach right now. And basically like these games, he can't really like he, when things are moving too fast and he's like, what the fuck is going on? And like, he has a tough time mm-hmm. adjusting on the fly. And it was like, that was like the difference between watching Finch in the po- the regular season and postseason. It yeah. just seemed, but I mean, again, this is first playoffs as a head coach. So exactly. Like, I, yeah. yeah. He, he did such a good job that totally. like, I'm so happy with him compared to what we've had in the past. But it, there were times where it just seemed like it was like, Oh wow. Things are moving. <laughs> yeah. Things are moving way too fast right, right now. And the, the right. same could be said about, uh, um Taylor Jenkins too like yeah he seemed totally. like he was over his head too sometimes so like that, that just happened and it's just like oh my god what do we do here do I leave you know and that the the TNT crew ripped on Finch but it's like do we leave our star in with three fouls in the second quarter or do we ride it out I don't know like I don't know the answer to that like mm-hmm. if he picks up your his fourth foul well then I guess the answer is you should have taken him out but um, it's definitely a less risky move for a coach's perception to take him out you know 
Yeah. Because it's risky. If you pull him, it's like everyone's just talking about how the player shouldn't have had three fouls. If you leave him in and the player picks up a fourth foul, everyone's talking about how the coach should have not let him get the fourth foul, you know? So I don't know. I, I think Finch to his credit, like always does what he thinks he thinks the right decision is, you know, like, I don't think he thinks about like what other people will say about it, which is great. Um, and I, and that's a credit to him, but it's also sometimes it's like, okay, it's like, do the, make the simple move here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, but no, I well, love Finch. I do too. Yeah. Um, overall tough series for the wolves One they should have won. Yep. Um, but like, again, they made the playoffs. They were a team that we didn't expect to, to be the seven seed. Certainly almost got the six seed or the five seed. So, um, now we hit, you know, we hit the off season. So, um, plenty, plenty of moves for Sasha and Gupta to make, assuming he's the one that's going to make the decisions. Um, sure yeah, I'm, so. I mean, kind of hope so. I want them to give him a chance. Yeah, I know. I do too. And I love him. Like, and as a personality, like I, I, I had lunch with him shortly after he was hired in Minnesota. And, um, I think we we're in Milwaukee. Um, but like just a nice guy, genuine. Yeah. And, and you, I always know, I, I mean, like for a judge of character, for me, it's always someone who asks questions about you because a lot of times with these guys, like they don't care about you at all. And like, why would they, right? Like, why do they care about like this web guy for the website? But he literally, he was asking engaging questions about me, my family, where I'm from, mm-hmm. what brought me to the Timberwolves, what I like about the league, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then suddenly yeah. it's like, then I start asking him about it. And then it's like, boom, you get this you conversation. Conversation. Yeah. How about that? Right. You, like, you would be shocked. I mean, you wouldn't be shocked. Some listeners may be shocked at how little you actually have conversations. Yeah. Like all of your interactions with the team are so one-sided so much of the time. So one-sided. When you're with, when you're with them. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it stands out. It reminded me. So Tyus was. Tyus. So always asking questions. My wife said it's her favorite player because she always, she used to work for the team too. And she would always, uh, have Tyus um for for media day like you always had a chaperone mm-hmm. and like she was always just like he would ask questions about where I'm from and he knew people that I went to high school with and blah 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 and you just get into these conversations and it's like that's what it's like it, it honestly it, it it uh it flagged me when like Towns obviously had this you know had a rough series or tough game certainly and John Krasinski asked him a question about the series and he just said like no comment right away to John and n- maybe not a big deal for other people. But like when you know, John, who's like John. one of the most well, West, uh, best respected reporters in the area and who's like only anything but fair. Oh, I yeah. was like, that, I'm like, that. Eh, that's kind of a shitty thing of Carl to do because now it makes John look bad. And, um, yeah, it makes Carl look worse though. Like, it does. I don't know. Like John is like, he's yeah, he's the most, he's the authority on the wolves. Yeah. Not, like if not, you're going to no comment him, it's just going to hurt you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'll tell you that as a person who works in PR. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to thank everyone for listening to the 10,000 layups podcast throughout the for year. Real. We, um, record numbers. Um, granted, we only had one year to compare it to, but uh, numbers pretty much through the roof. We want to thank DraftKings. We want to thank um, the three-star sports cards um, for, for helping us out too. So it's, we've, we, we had a lot of fun this year and I, I know like probably this podcast more than some others, maybe, um, 
it might not be like sunshine and roses all the time. And I, I, I never try to be too negative and I don't know if we always I don't think are you're too negative. I think there are a lot more, way more negative wolves people. Out there. I never know. I never know. Cause it always feels like I'm being negative, but like, I'm always just like, well, you've been conditioned. I, I have been conditioned, but like, you know, but you know what I mean? Like we're, totally. you're, you're trying yeah, to yeah. be realistic too, where yeah. it's like, I mean, I think the line for me is like, I want, everybody who listens to this show to know that like i want the wolves to succeed you know like i'm not like getting off on like shitting on them you know it's no. like i don't enjoy it like i would rather them be good but at the same time like they're entering the wolves are entering a new echelon of franchise right now and this is the point where a lot of franchises fail is turning from like a feel good story into like a sustained successful franchise. And it is very, very, very hard to do. And I think like, it's really good to celebrate this year because there's a lot to celebrate, but the wolves have to be careful because this is, this is when it goes wrong, you know? And like, and this is when you get kind of kicked back to like decades of incompetence. And I don't mean this is like a doom and gloom. I don't necessarily think this is going to happen. Like, I think the wolf trajectory is great. They're on a better path now than they've like been in so long. Yep. But it's just, you have to continue to be realistic. Like you cannot get caught up in the kind of enjoyment of this season and you should enjoy this season and like enjoy it as a fan. But then at the same time, like when you're thinking about the future, you got to keep grounded. Because, and I really hope, and I'm sure, and I trust Sachin Gupta to be doing this, and I really hope the front office is doing that too, because I've seen a lot of franchises like make the playoffs once and then just totally do the wrong thing. I so that that was perfect. Seriously, that that's that's exactly what, what I would say. I it's you're being realistic and you're putting up guardrails because you're also like, you know, it's funny, right? Because you have the same people that are you like for example you'll tweet something about the timberwolves and someone a timberwolves fan will be mad at you for something right you'll mm-hmm. say something about carl and somebody will say well he's the reason he got him there and you know the counter argument was well if he would have played better in the series against memphis we would have won the series uh if you say god man Delo, uh he really sucked and then someone else says well he won game 83 for you blah 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 it's finch's fault he didn't you know you, you didn't trust him then if you would rip on finch somebody's gonna say well He's the best coach we've had in 10 years. Right. So there's like, uh, yeah. there's always like an angle to like for a counter argument. And I don't always think that like, I, I guess basically my point is it's okay to question certain things about the team and like wonder where we could improve and be like, we got to fix that or we got to fix this. And like, you could do it at the same time when you enjoy it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like anything in life that you want to improve because you're totally right. Right. Like the Atlanta Hawks went to the Eastern yeah. conference finals last year and they just got booted in the first round of the playoffs and as a play-in team. So yeah. things can change really quickly. And I just and, watch this happen with the Blazers. You know, like this yeah. is the team I grew up rooting for. It's like they went to the Western Conference Finals. It's been downhill ever since. You know, but at the same time, like when Lillard first kind of joined and you had this real kind of breath of hope and fresh air and then the team like was in the playoffs consistently and then did go to the Western conference finals. Like that was huge and really enjoyable. And like, I see that in the future for the wolves. I just hope that the wolves can like work past that and become like a real contender. Cause what you have with ant is just so rare. So rare. And it's like almost scarier having that 
than just being a shitty teen. But it's also a lot more fun. So, I mean, that's why we're here, right? You know, <laughs> That's why we're here, yeah. Um, all right, schedule for the rest of the pod uh, for the off-season, I guess. Um, I think what we might do is this week we'll do a uh, NBA kind of rundown yeah, of, sure. of the, the playoffs, and then we will get into our three-star sports card card corner. And then maybe once a week um, as we kind of approach the off-season and still in the playoffs – Maybe we'll just like review a, a Wolves yep. player and that's that that might be a free agent and kind of talk about, um, you know, we, you might get some like bite-sized episodes of like ten to twelve minutes because we might just yeah. talk about um, Jake Lehman for ten minutes, right? And be like, how we, and 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 like I, I say that like kind of jokingly, but also being like, okay, how did Jake Lehman get to Minnesota? What did we think of him when we he signed here? Yeah. And like, how did that play out over three years? Because I think that's kind of just like fun to yep. dive into and then kind of think about his career next. So. Um, all right, Julian, uh, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, everyone listening. Uh, yeah. Thank, thank you for the season of support, but we're not done. We're going to keep on chugging along. So, um, yeah, we will talk to you later this week. 